All right, guys, we got here Ernesto Mandowski, CEO of CPD Advisors over there in sunny Miami Beach, which I'm very excited to get back home in the next 24 hours. How's it going, man? Going great. In the heart of Miami, right on the beach, actually. So it was a good morning. So you're originally from Miami? Yes. One of the few OG Miami-born and bred residents Mm -hmm. that is still here 32 years later. So you've stayed in Miami that entire time? Not the entire time. I studied in Gainesville, UF. I went to New York, pursuing my dream in hospitality, and then had a short stint in Washington, D.C. and Orlando before eventually making it back home. Love it. And was there a specific reason going back to Miami? Why don't you share a little bit more of that story? I was working with The Palm, which is a nationwide restaurant group. We had relocated to Orlando, and we sold like right as the pandemic started. And so we were in pandemic, lockdown in Orlando, and I figured, what the hell am I doing here? Alone, not knowing anyone, I'm just going to move back to Miami. And fortunately enough, I met my wife three weeks into pandemic. We uh, just got married this year. So Wow. Congratulations, man. So all this is relatively fresh and new back in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a totally new life in Miami. I never thought I would have. I love it. And Miami's like a very hot topic, a very you know, like hot place to be right now. A lot of people are moving down there. I moved down there last year myself. Where have you seen you know, the landscape of Miami shift from when you were first born and raised and growing up there to now, especially during Ooh. COVID? Wynwood, well, Brickell is insane now. I don't ever hear anyone say downtown Miami anymore. It's just Brickell. Yep. Because there's just so much action. Brickell City Center. I mean... Winwood area over town, lots of restaurateurs, like big restaurant groups from New York coming to Miami, Miami Beach. It's it's really incredible seeing how everything is transformed. Mm-hmm. And wildly enough, they're actually starting to build a version of Brickle inside of downtown Miami. Because what I've come to find in downtown is that it's very residential. There's not really anything around there. There's no besides the the heat arena and Bayfront yeah. Park, there's no like bars or restaurants and things. But they're building Miami World Center, which is going to have all these yeah. big stores and malls. So the real estate's definitely going to go up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's like the Panorama building, which is like the huge project that trying to compete with that project in New York, the, the Lexington Tower, like mm-hmm. that huge, huge tower. I don't think we'll ever get that high, but, you know, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Miami real estate is popping off and it's there to stay for sure. But I, I digress, oh, yeah. man. Thanks for sharing. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about your journey in from, you know, for hospitality is your dream to now CPD advisors, you know, talk, talk to us about that shift. I've been to personal development my whole life. And so when I discovered the law of attraction, I said, wow, I'm going to apply this into chasing the wild combination of hospitality and systems engineering. I told my family I wanted to do restaurants. They told me I was crazy. I told the restaurateurs I wanted to do systems engineering. They didn't know what I was talking about. And so it was, it was a little complicated. And I think I think that's what happens with entrepreneurs a lot. Like we try to like share our vision for this product or this company. People don't get it. But despite that, like you still have to be super committed and keep pounding the pavement and keep talking to more people, keep getting rejected, keep getting rejected. And so I did that. I kept telling every restaurateur that I knew about my vision. And while I was working at Deloitte, I got the opportunity to start a new restaurant group in New York. That was a food hall, a fine dining restaurant, a coffee commissary. A, cook, a cooking school, like it was a lot, a lot of different businesses opening up at the same time, but none of them had systems connected. 
the CRM, the accounting system, the inventory system, the employee system, nothing was connected. And that began kind of my school of hard knocks learning how all this stuff worked. My The CFO, the COO, no one knew how, like the nitty gritty, they were just very high level. And so after spending two years of studying the help documentation sites and the resources, I decided I didn't want any other future analyst to go through this. So I started writing a book with all the lessons that I had learned uh, about restaurants and tech and analysis. Over time, that book evolved into a much larger story than what all of us entrepreneurs are, are doing, are creating. And it was inspired by bees and how bees make honey. And bees are cross-pollinators. And so when I eventually created my, my dream, my vision, position with the Palm as a restaurant analyst, I realized like, I actually didn't want to do that anymore, but I wanted to, I wanted to become an entrepreneur and work for myself. And so that's kind of what bred CPD advisors. CPD stands for cross-pollination design. And us as humans, us as entrepreneurs, we're like bees. We're going to different flowers, we're extracting nectar, going to different client meetings, different projects. We're moving around the ecosystem, extracting all this insight, and we're transferring it to, to other people, to other groups, to other teams, to the clients to help them, just like the bees do that, to create fruit through the flowers. And then we go back to the hive to create honey, which is super valuable, rich, and unique. Entrepreneurs do that through going back to their company, improving their valuations, making something that's super unique and valuable into the world, and then eventually exit. And so the difference between a founder and the bee is that the bee is super focused and disciplined and present. The founder is always selling the future. They're in the future. They're marching their teams toward the future. And so founders don't have the time to really set up that infrastructure set up the CRM, set up the project management, set up that structure that supports all of all of that cross-pollination that's happening. So that's kind of how we got to CPD Advisors and kind of a little bit about what we do today. I'm looking forward to that's great. building this. Thank you. And so, and so this all started during kind of pandemic time frame? Yeah, I was writing from 2016 to, to 2020, mm-hmm. but I formally quit restaurants like left that life behind and said, I'm going to make cross-pollination design a thing. And that started in the middle of pandemic. Wow. And so what, what have you learned about, I guess, the marketing side of your business, right? So whether that's, you know, reaching out via cold call or walking into a business or reaching out via cold DM or email, what was the strategy that you started with? Where, how has that evolved to, to now as far as how you're getting in front of these new business owners and, and yeah. what does that initial interaction look like? Well, we were talking before the call. I was asking a little bit about what you do. You were telling me, you know, we're the fractional CFO. I think the work that both you and, and, and I do, extremely valuable, but it's not always in your face. Like an entrepreneur doesn't understand or they know like, oh, automation helps or they know that, oh, project management helps, but they don't like get it. It doesn't like land in their body. And so showing them, like literally sitting with someone and saying, hey, are you overwhelmed when you're at networking events? Like, this is how we can fix that. And like, you literally show them the thing, Wow. like a product demo, right? Like you have to show them how, how this stuff works. And that was the hardest thing for me. Like 
I was like, oh yeah, like I'll just do like LinkedIn posts or like I'll go viral like Nick Cole and his Ship 30 program and like just tweets. But like people like breeze through tweets. It's not enough time to like really understand how onboarding programs are going to save you 27 hours per employee without showing them. So really like get that product, like for the people listening, building companies, building concepts, like create a product demo, create a shitty spreadsheet, create like a, a no code app using glide, like create something that you could put in someone else's hands so that they can play with or experience your product or your service. Right. And so you mentioned something that, that kind of struck a chord for us is, you know, networking events and being able to kind of navigate the relationships you're building at those events and organizing some of that. What are some examples or some advice that you have for our listeners and for us even on how to kind of streamline that? Or what are some value adds that, that, that yeah. CBD advisors does? Do either of you attend like a monthly meetup? For example, yep, yeah, we're weekly, yeah. Groups, yep. yeah. Okay, great. So, if you're listening, you know, one of the first things you do when you start a company is like you need to get feedback or validation of like what you're doing. So, I attend two monthly groups. Uh, one is called BNI, which is a monthly. It's it's the world's largest referral networking organization, and yep. everyone's there literally just to learn about your business, make referrals, and see how you can help them. So, join. Join one of these groups where you could share your story, share what you offer, and share share your ask, share your off, share your give, and share your get. And people help each other. And you'll just continue to iterate on on that process. And you know, when I talk to some of my clients, or you know, I mentioned the example earlier, sometimes networking can be overwhelming. And like you're connect you're collecting all these cards and then you like you have to follow up with everyone. So like how can you create an efficient process to do that? So I don't know if you have a previous episode on Zapier or automation tools, but Zapier is an awesome no-code tool that you could use to connect your different tool sets together. So I use Notion as a CRM. Maybe you know if people are using Google Sheets. Like I connect my Google Contacts to my CRM so that every time a new contact is added into my phone, it automatically gets added to this spreadsheet. And so at the Fridays at the end of the week, when I'm kind of like reviewing what I learned in the week or, you know, what I created, I always review that list and say, oh, like this week I met Antonio and I met Landon, like follow up with them about next steps working together and like create that process to make sure anything that you're doing, you're continuing to move forward on it. Like it's not going to waste. I don't think people understand how valuable what you're saying is right now. It, it doesn't land until you experience the problem. And most right. people, unfortunately, have to experience so much growth and then take a step back because they don't have the the infrastructure and the the integrations and the automations involved. And we're, we're at that point right now, full transparency of like, holy shit, like, how, like we've had some really good band-aids that have had really good processes, but we don't have something that's fully, you know, the the actual mechanism that's going to streamline everything yeah. and integrated yeah. things. So I, I want to revert back because when we're talking about marketing and getting in front of people, the, the problem that... I see sometimes that we face the challenge, I would say, not the problem, is that coming in as a fractional COO or a CFO, there's a lot of pain points that you have to address within the company. And entrepreneurs, even the, the most humble of entrepreneurs, still have an ego, right? So it's a big shock to their nervous system when you're telling them that there's leakage in their business, and they might yeah. be an extremely profitable business. 
How do you right. go about doing that in a way that's tactical, but also empathetic to where you're bringing value and they're, they're still going to want to sit down with you? You got to sell the benefit. got to sell the benefit. You got to like get some hype. You know, we have a framework. It's called the 6P playbook. Quick plug. You got priorities, people, projects, promotion, playbooks, and planning. And each of those P's create a form of what I call cash flow. So if you have your priorities in line, you're creating clarity. If you have your people in line, you're creating relationships. If you have your projects and your fulfillment in line, you're creating, you know, value, dollars that you could trade. If you're if you got promotion like put together, you're creating more awareness. So when you sell the benefit to the person, like, hey, I don't care that you have so much leakage in your in your promotion and your marketing area of the company. Doing these three things are going to 100x your impressions. So, like Let's do that. Like, let's not focus on the leakage. Like, focus on on the benefit. Focus on on the impact of the work that you're going to be doing. Yes, entrepreneurs have an ego, but you just tell them, like, "Hey, I'm here to help." And I, I think if, if I, don't, I don't think if you set that expectation way up front in the beginning, it's just it's it's almost like setting yourself up for failure because doing a CFO, COO, like you're going to discover too many holes to fill. But it's not about the holes. It's about like filling them and keeping the water in, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that, man. And so you as the CEO of your own company, you know, that that has to be operated efficiently, probably integrating your systems as well. Like what does your day-to-day look like? How involved do you have to be inside of other people's business? How do you go about training people in your company to then outsource? Because I have to imagine the fulfillment is relatively aggressive and it's a lot of work on the front end. So like how many projects can you take on at once? I want to know all of it. Yeah, full transparency. I also am newly stepping into this CEO role. I am CEO and COO, which is kind of that tough balance. That has also led to my a shift in my business model. So before I was doing like a lot of hands-on implementation work and I could only have three to five clients at a time. Now I've recently shifted to a community mastermind model where when you sign up with me, you sign up for a year. You sign up for a year, you get 12 one-on-one calls, one per month. You also get two group calls. You get access to a bunch of videos because I don't want to meet with you one-on-one and be like, this is how you set up a Calendly and this is how you set up your Notion. Like, that's bullshit. Like, I want to meet with you to be like, hey, you're overwhelmed at networking. Like, let's set up this integration to like drop your new contact into this spreadsheet so that at the end of the week, you're doing this ninja process. So that's kind of led to a shift in how I serve people and how I believe Every solopreneur, small business is moving to kind of like this community model where you're part of a larger community, you're getting access to courses, you're getting access to fractional one-on-one time and and those group calls. Did I answer that question? I think I kind of digressed a bit. I think you're on mute, Antonio. Yeah, Tony, you're on mute. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely answered that question. It was on the money, man. And I'm really interested you know, in all of this stuff. And I think what you had just said is super high leverage, right? Because if you're just constantly going inside of each business and then just like taking them as a one to two month project, there's, there's almost no way to virtually like make high margins in impact. your business. Yeah. yeah. That high impact, yeah. high margins. There's no time leverage. Your wife, your newly wedded wife, probably not going to be too happy about it. So having that high leverage model. So I guess that leads into my next question is like, what is the specific client avatar that you serve? Is there a specific, you know, small business owner or solopreneur making a certain amount of income? What does that look like? The most, you know, I say it's someone who is 
in the middle of scaling needs a team. The one, who, the person who's building with other people, whether they're on the team, whether they're contractors, whether there's lots of moving pieces. I don't really tag a revenue number to it because I work with startups that aren't generating tons of revenue, but they are, you know, they have a lot of like agreements with major sports teams. For example, I have a sports analytics company that has four professional teams. They're not, there's not too much revenue, but it still is an organization of 10 people. They're developing a tech product. They have an operations team, they have a sales team, and I'm, I'm kind of still working with them. So it's really tech, tech startups that are growing, building teams around them, pre-seed pre A. And yeah, I also work with service-based businesses as well. So what's the vision here? What, where do you see this, this business going? What's like the, the three-year, five-year vision, so to speak? Yeah. I would love for this, biz, this business to be an eight-figure agency in the next five years. We're building what's called the regenerative business system. And the idea behind that is that it's almost a business system that supports itself. Have you, have either of you ever heard of the term self-management? Antonio, I haven't. Sure. Enlighten us, please. The concept that basically the different elements within a business are kind of like a self-organizing entity. So through, through the design of, of our systems, like we intend to help scale organizations that will do that. Instead of like this hierarchical, traditional corporate model that maybe we've all been a part of at one time, we want to try to create this flat model where everyone is playing a role in this and it is a self-organizing organization that through clear processes, clear communication protocols, awesome culture design, you know, everyone's kind of like lifting each other up into their zones of genius. And is that rooted in ownership? Is that rooted in like a cooperative type of environment where everybody owns little slivers of the business has like yeah. a skin in the game, so to speak? Yeah. Everyone has skin in the game. Of course, like ownership and fundraising models look a little bit differently. Right. It becomes tough to implement that kind of a model in a, in like a venture backed company because you have outside investors that are putting a lot of pressure on organizations you know, I don't know exactly what that whole thing looks like. It's just kind of like the philosophical interest that I'm that I'm exploring. That's exciting. That's exciting. And as you have scaled, what does that look like internally from a staffing standpoint? And, and how has building your team out, how has that process over the last you know few years been? We're still small. That's me. I hired a growth associate in December. I have a, my head of storytelling. My head of creative is in Peru right now. And I'm hiring a storytelling, another storytelling associate to help me with content creation now. So we're still pretty small. I think this time next year we'll be at 10 people, hopefully. We'll see. But for those listening, if you are in that moment of hiring people, I would strongly, strongly urge you to schedule two and a half hours of your time and create an onboarding program. Create a 30-step checklist of success. Record videos create checklists, do things now for two and a half hours so you don't have to spend 12 hours for every single employee that you're sitting with. Video standard operating procedures are changing the game. Creating like a course-like content for anyone you onboard literally saves you so much time. Oh, yeah. onboards are, it, it creates a beautiful amount of culture. So lo love that point. Now, how similar is your systems and processes to the way that EOS operates in the book Traction and how Gina Wick yeah. talks about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his book was like the origin story for me. 
I mean, people don't know this. He was actually part of another organization also that kind of like led to him creating traction. Now I'm just kind of doing my version of it. He also has six pillars. He has vision issues, rocks, people. He also has six components. And it's just my version of it, basically. The difference between their framework and my framework is they have someone come in. They're called implementers. And they just like set up this process. And they'll meet with the company, I think, once a quarter to help, like, you know, they'll set it up and meet with you in three months and then three months later and then three months after that. Their idea is that the integrator kind of, like, takes the reins. Mm-hmm. I actually train the integrator. Like, I find the resource within the company, give them all the tools and resources they need to become the integrator to, like, keep track of all of the things and then continue to support them through a much more hands-on approach. Maybe he's not so hands-on because it's costly, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'm I'm in the journey of, of figuring that model out for myself. Now, as you're continuing to figure that out and grow, what do you think the biggest challenge that you and your clients face? Staying focused. Mm-hmm. Staying focused and really like just streamlining every action. Again, like I'm going to have to follow up with you after this podcast. I have other podcasts. There's there's content being created that I need to post on my marketing channels. Like it's just like building this engine that is kind of the hardest thing and like when you're the founder and the operator, it's hard cuz I have to like change my my hats all day every day between like grow the business and make it more streamlined. So yep. It's tough when when you do that. Yes, yeah, so- solopreneurship is it's amazing but also stressful at the same time because totally. you're wearing so many hats, you know, you're constantly in the business on the business like you had just talked about. It's it's a lot and it takes a lot of systems and processes which you've done. What are some very simple systems and processes that most people don't have that they can immediately start integrating? I know you had talked about Zapier things like that. What are like yeah. what's like a main one that people can start integrating today? I use Notion. I use Notion. I have a free template with like, but the first three is set goals, set a contact list, say a CRM, like who's going to help you with those goals and a project management, which is like your, your checklist, right? Like what are the things you need to do? And just like starting with those three are foundational to everything. Curious about Notion. What's the story with Notion? How'd you get connected with them? Because it's I'm sure we're not the only ones, me and Antonio, we, we've been looking for a new CRM system. So what's the, I mean, without making it a plug, obviously, I guess just talk about your journey yeah. to find Notion and use Probably, it. And- I was, when I just started, when I became that restaurant analyst position and I was like kind of lost in life and not sure what to do next, a friend of mine was like, hey, you should check out this company, Notion, and check out this guy on YouTube named August Bradley. He was this guy and he was talking the whole crescendo of the book at the end was like, build a life of balance. And this guy, August Bradley was saying, Hey, I use notion to create balance in my life. We have, I have pillars in my life. I have values. I have goals. I have projects. I have people that help me get there. I was like, Oh wow, this is like kind of like spiritual and like philosophical, like good philosophical alignment. And through learning the tool, I was like, wow, this is just, Simple, cheap, and extremely powerful because it, it integrates with everything, you know, through Zapier or through make.com. Asana and Monday, they're great tools, but 
but sometimes it's just too much bells and whistles for what a founder needs. And so I always kind of recommend Notion because it's easy, simple, and clean, and not like overwhelming. That's awesome. That's awesome. And one thing I wanted to ask you, so as we wrap up here, as we come to the half hour mark, what are some things... What what are some things that you would like to leave our guests with? Like, so just if you're going to leave them with some value and whatnot, we're going to hit that. We want to also figure out ways that we can follow your journey and whatnot too. And then also yeah. what consistency means to you. But for first, first things first, what would you like to leave our, our listeners with as far as value or, or just words of wisdom, whatever that looks like? Yeah. It's easy to, to be stuck in the vision and the future and the three-year plan and the five-year plan but focus on your three month experiment that you're running. Like ask questions, take action, you know, do your checklist, go to these networking events, share what you do, who you are, what you're trying to become and get the feedback and collect the feedback and like really listen to that feedback because so, and you're ready. Like the person listening, like you are ready to do it now, even though you feel like you need to take another course or you need to go back to grad school or you don't have this, Fuck all that. Like you are ready to take action now and take action for three months and look back on what you learned. Launch a product, launch a digital template, do something over the next three months. Don't worry about the long-term vision. Worry about the ego. Like that's crushing you. Like do something. Mm -hmm. What's the worst thing that could happen? You lose a little bit of money. You waste a little bit of time. Like you're still going to be alive. Right. And the only way you could really learn is being hands-on about it. Like I thought that I, I can integrate a CRM and do all these zaps without actually being inside of the business and actually doing it. Now that we actually have to do it now I'm learning so much because I'm fucking it up so much. That really is the way. And people talk about it. It sounds cliche, but why do you think every single person that's successful talks about it? Because that's the truth. Some of these things just don't change, right? Consistency, discipline, you know, just doing the work. It's never going to get old at all. Exactly. With with that being said, what, what does consistency mean to you? Because this is the consistency wins podcast. We want to make sure that that lands home. Consistency is being and doing alignment between who you are and what you're doing every day and what you're saying you're going to do because like it's, it's the integrity. It's, it's, it's telling someone you're going to do something and then doing it. And then, and then if you couldn't do it, like, you know, tell them why you couldn't do it, but like just having that impeccable integrity in your word and who you are every day. Keeping that level of discipline exactly. translates to eventually self-confidence because you're becoming the person that you said you are and you're doing the things you said you do, which eventually leads to happiness and fulfillment. That's my formula. And it really is that simple. So just do hard shit and do it consistently, especially when you don't want to, because you're not going to want to do it all the time, right? I'm sure like after this, you're not going to want to create the zap cards to eventually you know, follow up with those, yeah. and get on these other podcasts, but you just got to do it, man. It just is what it is. Just got to um, do it. So with that being said, Ernesto, how can our listeners follow you? How can we get those notion templates or become a part of your community? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Ernesto Mandowski. I uh, got the big orange background. You can't miss it. And if you want to check out freesystemscall.com, you could schedule a call. We could chat about your business, what's going on. You know, I'll send you my resources. DM me on Instagram. I'll, I'll send you all the resources that you need, the notion templates, and we'll go from there. I love it, man. Just reach we'll out. make sure that we'll plug that into the bio. And other than that, man, I feel like this went, this went very quickly. It flew by. Cause like 
we're we're yeah. selfishly asking a lot of these questions, like taking notes of like, oh shit, maybe hop into Notion, all this stuff. So thank you so much for your time, brother. We're looking forward to connecting. Of course. Of course. Me too. See you soon.